0: You are now listening to Grinding True Crime with your hosts, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby. Police
1: have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today.
0: Confirm
2: earlier reports of cannibalism. The
1: building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter.
2: A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts.
1: Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had
2: sex with some of his victims before he killed them that he was also a necrophiliac.
1: She a corpse under a bear. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of the Grinding Two Crime Podcast. With your host, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox, and, and we are here live, kicking off another episode, and today, the narrator will be myself. Uh, I'll be uh, dropping a story for you guys today, but before we get into all that, let, what are doing? Let's, <laughs> let's let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, just type in Grinding True Crimes, and there you can follow our page. Like our page and leave us a message, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. If you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, you can go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside of the US, you can continue to listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Go to redbubble.com, type in Todd Fox eighty, and there you can buy merchandise courtesy of Grinding True Crime. And if you like what you hear and you want to support what we do, you can uh, leave a Cash App donation. Just go to Cash App, type in dollar sign Grinding True Crimes, or if you follow us on Podbean, you can leave us Pod points. Uh, there you can uh, leave Pod points in support of what we do uh, to show that you like what we do. Um, is there anything else, Todd? I think that's. I think that's mm-hmm. One more thing: uh, July is approaching. End of July is approaching, so that means we will be going live. Just to let you guys know, at the end of each month, we do go live. So, just a reminder to let you guys know when we're, our next live will be. July thirty first. That will be July thirty first. Is it July thirty
0: first?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's Sunday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the last Sunday. Okay, so yeah, July thirty first. Yeah, that'll. Okay, do. that'll do. OK, so with that being said, I am going to break down the case of Dorothy Jane Scott. Have any of you guys heard of Dorothy Jane Scott?
0: No, no,
1: no, neither have I. Until I stumbled across her case earlier this morning. It was, it was something it was an interesting case. I actually had a, another case, which I want to save next week. Uh, it, the next week's case is going to be a really good one, but this one right here, I wanted to do this one today because, uh, this one was very interesting.
2: Okay. So, um,
1: so let's jump into it. Um, we'll be talking about, uh, Dorothy Jan Scott, Dorothy, Dorothy Jane Scott. She was born on April 23rd, 1948 in Anaheim, California to Jacob and Verna Scott.
2: Disneyland.
1: Disneyland. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, so not much was said about Dorothy growing up. She, she lived a normal life with her parents. She was a church goer. Um, most people who knew her described her as a method- methodical, introverted, responsible person. Um, some people even, uh, said that she was just flat out boring. Wow. <laughs> Someone who just wanted to do what she has to do, then stay at home. So she, she, she was just, uh. You know just one of them people that just hey,
2: homebody a
1: homebody yeah so so not much was really said about her early childhood she apparently had a pretty decent childhood that's
2: Uh, not common in our cases huh
1: not common not common at all and this case is not a common case i will say that that's a twist the first twist first twist um in fact growing up in the 60s where it was free love Drugs and alcohol, you know that era Todd and Gabby? The hippie era? She didn't partake in none of that. She didn't drink. She didn't do drugs. She was just, mind my business, leave me alone. She didn't do any of that stuff. In fact, she she didn't do that stuff even until her adult life. Wow, okay. Yeah. I wonder if she was depressed. Mm, It didn't say, but she just was very uh, introverted. But so we're gonna move forward a little bit and we're gonna to move to the year 1976. Now Dorothy is 28 years old and she gives birth to her first son and her only son, Sean Scott. Well, his name might not be Scott. It might be the father's name, he didn't mention, but his name is Sean. She would raise him all by herself because guess what happened to the father? Got arrested. Is that your answer? He died. Nope. He moved all the way to Missouri, some two thousand miles away from where they live, and he never seen his son. Oh, that's
2: he just abandoned them.
1: He was gone. He was out there life. Wow. So she was a single mother raising her young son all by herself. Well, not really by herself. She had family, but you know what I'm trying to say.
0: hmm
1: So Dorothy would then move to Staten, California to live with her aunt. And uh, Staten is about 20 minutes from where she lived and where her parents lived in uh, Anaheim, California.
0: It's like 15 minutes from where I live. Really? Yeah, Stanton's not far at all. Nice yeah, area?
2: Even hear, I've never heard of You Staten, never heard of Staten?
0: Really? Staten's aye. It's like a cross between, it's, yeah, it's a cross between Anaheim and, and Santa Ana.
1: Wait a minute, Todd. You didn't use your voice. You got to say it's I. It's alright <laughs> <Bye. laughs> yeah it ain't Anaheim I'll tell you that much that's for sure Yeah. now she in order to support herself and the kid her son Dorothy worked as a secretary for two jobs that were jointly owned stores one of which her father co-owned himself
2: mm, Okay. Yeah. so they got family business
1: somewhat I guess you could say I guess you could say that and one of the stores if you can guess if you can guess the name of this store, you guys, I I will give you a dollar. <laughs>
2: okay. a
1: dollar. I'll give you a dollar if you can guess the name of the store. That's not much well,
0: incentive, but okay.
2: <laughs> that ain't worth it.
0: We'll just give it. He's like he's like, I'll give you a million pesos. <laughs> Still not worth it, man. Still not worth it. <laughs> Take a guess.
1: A Dollar Tree? No. Okay. Thrifty, no, the name of the store was called Swinger Psych.
2: Who's gonna get that? Hey, <laughs> if you can get that, you get a dollar. That's the no, that's not worth a dollar.
1: That's Remember, worth. it was owned stores, they were owned business.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> wait, so is it actually living up to the name? Um, it's pretty much Ooh. what, yeah, they sold. They sold love beads, incense, lava lamps, you name it. Love beads. You know what love beads are. If you guys don't know what love beads are, look it up. Yeah, I know what love beads are, but
0: there's a different meaning of love beads nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Man. What is
1: it? You don't know what love beads are? No. Look it
0: up. <laughs> well, you have to tell me later okay i'll tell you <laughs> Well, see let me l- l- i'll just break it down for gabby right now so she doesn't have go to wonder it. the whole episode the love the love beads were used to wear around wait your wait, neck. wait wait Todd. wait,
1: wait Todd. you gotta use your hillbilly voice
0: oh they were used to go around your neck and blow in the wind and everything jump around as you play your tambourine with the 1970s music you know all that kid music and stuff now kids like to put them love beads up their hoo-ha <laughs> Or up their backside. Are they thunder beads? And then you pull them out slowly, and then you get yeah. some sort of satisfaction.
1: <laughs> I forgot to mention: listener discretion is the- advised.
2: <laughs> so happy pearls, huh?
1: Yes, yeah, so, so if you want to call them happy pearls, <laughs> incense. You know, like I said, lava lamps, all that good stuff. This is the '60s. That's interesting. So Pizza and the other auto. store. Yeah. Thank you, there you go. Thank you, Johnson. <laughs> no, wait. Yeah, it's Johnson. Thank you, Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> the other store she worked at was a head shop, which is basically a retail store that sold cannabis and tobacco and all that other good stuff. Wow.
0: okay. Yeah. Progressive
1: woman. Okay. Very very interesting woman From someone that's very introvert, hey. That's probably why she wanted to be introverted. Leave me alone. Let me smoke this week and get back to these love beats. She says she
2: didn't do any of that.
1: You're right. Let me show <laughs> this week and let me sell <laughs> these love beats. Let me not partake. <laughs>
0: That's
1: how progressive I am. She's paying attention. She got me. <laughs> oh, man. So far, everything was good for uh, Dorothy. You know, she had a family. She, she loved her family. Her family was very close knit. Um, every day she would drop off her son to her parents. So that they can watch him since they live so close to where she worked at. So she didn't have to worry about paying for a babysitter. She didn't have to worry about, you know, asking her friends to watch Sean. The parents took care of Sean during the day while she worked. And she was she was living good. She had a good life.
2: Okay.
1: Um, her family was, like I said, was very close to each other. She was well-liked in the neighborhood. And as well as her co-workers liked her very much because she she stayed to herself. She wasn't a, a very, you know, hard she to didn't get didn't look
2: for trouble. She didn't look
1: for trouble. She just stayed in her lane. She was well respected. People liked her. Mm-hmm. So she was doing good for herself for, for about a few years. For for a few years. This was 1976. Um that all ended in the year
2: 1980. uh Oh,
1: Yeah, that will be the year I was born. That would be the year you were born, Top Fox. Yep,
2: you're only six years older than me
1: if you want to say it that way. (laughs) I'm 86. No, no, not age. Oh, no, (laughs) not be 86. You look good for 86. I'm about to say, what happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) Like,
2: dang, she tricked Maddie,
1: (laughs) man. Um. So, this is the year 1980, and that's when things took a turn for the worse. I mentioned earlier that she was well-liked, right? Yep. Well, someone took that too far. Someone liked her too much.
2: Mm. Uh-oh. Stalker case?
1: Mm, you got it. While she was at work uh, with her co-workers, Dorothy would get strange phone calls from an unidentified man. Creepy. Yeah. Now Dorothy wasn't dating anyone at this time. Um, she would go on a few dates here and there, but nothing serious. In fact, her dad said the same thing. Uh, she wasn't. Uh, she would go on a few dates. Nothing. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. But she didn't have a boyfriend or anything like that at the time. Mm-hmm. So nobody knew who this mystery man was. Uh, she would get phone calls every day, and alternatively the phone calls will go from someone professing their love for her to someone threatening to kill her. Oh. One phone phone call stated, when I get my hands on you alone, I will cut you up into bits so no one can find you. Whoa. That's a little aggressive. Yeah. He warned that he was watching her at all times. Hmm. What would you guys do in this situation, honestly? Because I this, you know what? This remind me when uh, that movie, when a stranger calls. Yeah, and it feels like this was based off of that movie. But so, but what would you guys do if you guys had a stalker calling you guys?
0: Mm I, I would go to the police first of all, file a report. I'd get any kind of. Uh, well, it's 1980, so you can't get any kind of cameras. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I would. I would get a male friend, even if I had to do a little something, something to keep the male friend around. <laughs> have him as protection, any way you can. I'm just saying, use your womanly instincts, quote unquote. What
1: you trying to say, Todd?
0: I'm just saying that works. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, if a woman came up to me and was like, "Look, I'll, I'll give you a little something, somewhere, we can have some hanky panky," but you got to stay over and you know protect me from so and so, I'll be like, yeah, "All right." All right. <laughs> but then after it's done, it's like, why did I do this again? What if that <laughs> <laughs> then I'm scared. We're both scared.
1: We're both scared. What about (laughs) you, Gabby? It's
2: different for men and women. That's what I was about
1: to say, Todd. It's it's different for men and women.
2: (laughs) Todd there was at first putting himself in the woman's part. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like for a man, I think if he's being stalked by a woman, he's not really afraid unless she's like super cycled. Trying to shoot him or something. Mm -hmm. but for a woman it can be scary from the beginning even if he's just saying things or he just won't stop looking at you it's already uncomfortable so I think for a woman you definitely got to get some type of protection a weapon have weapons all over your house be prepared where you work in your car and just always watch yourself wherever you go be very alert obviously the police report and all that stuff but a lot of times let's face it all that doesn't
1: work. Yeah, so you take it very seriously. Yes. Yeah. I don't know like what like Todd said, you know, or like you said, Gabby, it's different for men and women. If I had a stalker call me, I'll probably laugh about it. Like, eh, whatever. You know. And then Knowing it, you, you probably would. Yeah, I'll just all right, I'll probably go along with the joke. Oh, for real? What am I wearing? Oh, okay, cool. You know. And then if it continues, then I'll be like, okay, this is getting annoying. Then, you know, probably might call the police or have some protection of myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, this force as as uh this unidentified man keeps calling and calling and professing his love and threatening to kill her and all this stuff. It forced Dorothy and her family to go to the police and which they installed a voice recorder in the house. Okay. Remember this is the 80s. So, a voice recorder. Yeah, just like on the phone, like from the phone. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. However, they still had no idea who this man was. Still no clue. One particular evening, she received a phone call, and what happened next really terrified her. What do you think happened?
0: Mm, he probably tells her something intimate about her house or the s- surroundings or something like that, like to freak her out.
1: Okay.
2: I'm going to say she's on the window.
1: You're both kind of right. So I'm going to say that. You're both kind of right. Um, She received the phone call, and he told her, look outside. I left a gift for you. Ooh. When she looked outside, she saw a single dead rose on the windshield of her car, a symbol that not only does he know where she lives, not only that he he knows how to get to her, it also symbolized that he's serious about his threats. Jeez.
2: That's scary.
1: Yeah. So fearful of her life, she considers buying a handgun for her protection. And rightfully he, so. Yeah. However, she didn't. But she did, like Gabby said, you know, uh, taking some kind of uh, practice of uh, self-defense. She took up karate lessons. I don't know. Now, okay. When I read this, I said to myself, okay, that's good. That's actually good. You're You're learning to karate lessons that's something but I felt like that wasn't enough me personally what do you guys think
0: I think that's the product of the 80s to be honest with you um, because of all those damn like movies like Karate Kid and stuff um <sighs> Karate's not going to do nothing. Come on. <laughs> I mean, like, again, I mean, I don't, I don't see people. I don't see world star fights where guys are winning because of, cause of uh, karate kicks. You know, it's either guns or they're beating people with, with weapons or they're actually punching. It's like, stop it, man. Karate it's right. a waste of money, dude. Come on. I think
2: it's a start in the right direction so she can at least know a little bit of self-defense. But if the guy got a weapon and he's close enough to you, I'm not sure that she'll be able to put her karate into practice by the time he grabs her.
1: That's what I'm saying. Um, I, I like the effort. You know, karate can teach you self-defense. Like Gabby said, it depends on, you know, the situation. If, if you got a chance to use those moves, then sure. But if he catches you or he has a gun, that's not going to do anything. Um, I, I'm, I'm for her handing, uh, having a handgun. I'm for her having a bat wherever she walks, anything, pepper spray, something. But for me, I'm not critiquing her. I'm not saying she did anything wrong. I just felt like karate wasn't the way to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was That's just my opinion. Like I said, I'm not critiquing her. I'm not making fun. I'm not saying anything negative. I just thought like, man, you know, you should have got that handgun, you know? Yeah. That, that was my thought.
0: Well, it's like what so. they say. I mean... <laughs> She doesn't know what this guy's capable of, but it's you don't bring a knife to a gun party. So you don't bring karate mm-hmm. to a gun party. It's not gonna work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um unfortunately we have a date. Well, um, and when we have a date, what does that mean? Someone, someone gets died. Hurt, or something someone something happens. Mm-hmm. On May twenty eighth, nineteen eighty. About 9 p.m., Dorothy was at, uh, was at work having a staff meeting along with her co-worker, uh, Conrad Bostron. And on this particular day, Conrad didn't really look too well. And when she looked at him, she noticed uh, a huge red bite mark on his arm. What? Mm-hmm. Dorothy, along with another co-worker whose name is Ham head left the meeting and rushed him to the hospital. Why oh, are you so, laughing? Oh God. <laughs>
2: it's cause the way he said it. You should have seen him.
1: Stop it. <laughs> um so yeah, they left the meeting and immediately rushed him to the hospital. Actually they rushed him to the ER because apparently he wasn't feeling good and he wasn't looking good. So when she dropped them off at the hospital, meaning Dorothy, she briefly left to go back to her parents' house just to let Sean know that she's at the hospital. She'll come back home to pick him up, and also to let the parents know that, you know, can you watch him for a little bit longer I'm having a situation? She told him what was going on, she'll be a little late, but you know, she'll pick him up after everything's done. Everything's done. They they were cool with it, so she goes back to the hospital to check on uh, her coworker Conrad. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> she uh, gets back to the ER and is in waiting room with Pam, and then they find out that that bite mark was from a black widow. Oh, yeah. So it was serious. Um, but uh, after. Everything was done, uh, checked up by the doctor. They uh, discharged him around 11 p.m. They gave him some meds, prescribed some medicine for him, and they went about their business. Now, he was still messed up. So Dorothy didn't want Conrad to walk a lo- walk to the car where she parked. Apparently, she parked pretty far from uh, in the parking lot. So she didn't want him to walk because he was in, What well, she said he was in no condition. So she volunteers to go to the car. Remember, it's, le- it's 11 o'clock at night. She volunteers to go to the car and get it herself. That way she can drive up to the front of the desk and pick them up. Okay, they're cool with it. Pam stays with Conrad to help them fill out the prescription and get everything ready. So that way, uh, when she pulls up, they'll be ready to go. <coughs> Excuse me. Briefly, she went to the bathroom before she exited. And as she's walking towards the parking lot, something happens. He appears. We don't know. Pam and Conrad gets to the exit door and they notice that she's not there. They figured this shouldn't have took her no more than, what, two minutes to get to the car and bring it up to the front. So they start to worry. And shortly after a few minutes pass, they step outside into the parking lot and guess what they see. What they see. I'm asking. What do you think they saw? Uh, I
0: don't know. Maybe a dead body.
1: Okay.
2: She's bludgeoned on the floor.
1: Um. Uh, no. No, no, they didn't what they saw was her car coming at them full speed oh crap towards them with the headlights blinding them so that they could not see who was behind the wheel so it's coming at them full speed headlights in their eye they're waving their arms hey 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 stop stop runs right through them whoa Run them over no didn't run them over but just okay. drive right through right I'm sorry I'd said through okay, I'm sorry right through I did say through them <laughs> <him, but> I'm <laughs> sorry Drive right past them. Sorry, a slip of the tongue. They drive right past them. Mm -hmm. Initially, they both thought maybe it was a family emergency. She had to hurry up and go get her son. So they didn't think anything of it. However, a few hours later, after not hearing from her, after not getting any, uh, any word from her whereabouts, they start to worry and they call the police. And they report her missing. The very next day, at 4.30 a.m., Scott's car, Dorothy's car, is found. Okay. It was found burning in an alley about 10 miles from the hospital. Ooh. However, neither her body nor anybody body was found in the car. So there's just burning evidence. It was just burning evidence. Okay. No one has heard from Dorothy for several years. She's reported years. missing. No one heard from her. Nothing. And she's gone missing for several years.
0: Oh yeah, she's gone.
1: She's gone. And on August 6, 1984... It was confirmed. A construction worker discovered a dog and human bones by the side about 30 feet from Santa Ana Canyon Road. The okay. bones were partly charred and authorities believed they had been there for two years as a bush fire had swept across the site in 1982. So there's assuming that her body was already there, dead, but the bush fire, the bushfire, uh, possibly burnt it. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. They found a turquoise ring and a watch where the body was found, and the mother identified uh, that ring as uh, Dorothy. Um, the t- watch, I'm sorry, uh, the watch had stopped at 12:30 a.m. on May 29th. So she had died. What year? Of The same year of 1980. Remember on uh, May 28th, 1980, she got abducted at 11 p.m. The stopwatch stopped at 1230 a.m., which is the night before, the next day. So she's put put there an hour and a half after that. Mm -hmm. An hour and a half after uh, they last seen her. So they don't know who this person was? Nobody knows who this person was. Nobody knows what happened to her. On August fourteenth, the bones were identified as Dorothy by dental records. The autopsy could not determine the cause of death because it was so many years, and the body was the bones were charred. There was nothing they can. There was nothing there to prove anything. So they held a brief memorial service on August twenty second. That's not the ending. Huh? What do you think Happens next
2: Well she's dead what?
1: Yeah she's dead But what do you think happens? What do you think Continues to happen
2: Now the family's Getting the calls Either the mom Or the son
1: What do you think Todd
0: Uh, Yeah I think there's Some sort of uh, Torture on the family As far as like Someone really Trying to rub it in
1: You're both right About a week after um, uh, Dorothy's disappearance, their parents are getting phone calls. An unidentified man is still calling, and on the message he sends was very chilling. Her mom picks up, and out of nowhere, a man on the other line quickly says, I've got her, and hung up. And this was going on weeks after she was found dead.
2: So wait, okay, hold on. I'm got. I got kind of confused right there. So the calls were a week after she went missing, or uh, a week after they found the body. A box? week
1: after she went missing. I'm sorry. A week after she went missing, the calls were kept coming, saying that she they got her, and was hanging up.
2: So they were probably still holding hope that she was awake. I mean, they
1: was like, holding, alive. <laughs> they was holding hope that she was still alive. Correct. The same man called almost every Wednesday afternoon and said either that he had Dorothy or he had killed her. So he was giving mixed signals.
0: Oh my gosh. That's yeah. jacked up.
1: The calls were usually briefed and usually occurred when Verna was home alone. So apparently he was still watching cuz he knew when to call and what time to call. Ooh.
2: What a creep.
1: The calls continued to take place until 1984. So it continued from the time she disappeared even until the time they discovered her body. So More it did years. continue. So it did continue.
0: Dude, that's too much, man.
2: And they didn't report any of that. They couldn't get who it was based on the recording.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. We'll get to that. On this particular day in 1984, of April, the man called during the evening. This time, Jacob, Dorothy's father, picked up and answered the call. He says the same thing. I got her. I killed her. Ooh. The police install, once again, the voice recorder. However, his voice cannot be picked up and traced because he's so brief on the call, they can't trace it. He calls so quick to leave, leave a quick message and hangs up. So they can't trace it. They uh, Till this day. Matter of fact, well, I kind of gave it away.
2: Yeah, it has to yeah. be installed.
1: Yeah, well, till that time, they could not find him. They were unable to trace the call and till this day this case is still unsolved. What? Yeah.
0: Oh. I, I was looking for some closure here, man, some finality.
1: <laughs> I told you it's a different different it was a different case. Oh. now let me read let me read something real quick. They said a possible motivation in Dorsey's murder surfaced on June twelfth of nineteen eighty. An unidentified man called the front desk at the Orange County Register. Um, a managing editor editor told the police, the man said, I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. Mm-hmm. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. That's what he called and said to the editor at, this, uh, at the um, Orange County Register. When? This was on June 12, 1980.
2: So, how long after she was taken or before?
1: This was after she was murdered. So, this was June 12th, a month, almost a month later, a couple of weeks later. The editor also said the caller knew Conrad Bostrom had suffered from a spider bite the night of May 28th. He also knew that Scott had been wearing a red scarf. She he knew that she went home and changed her scarf. I didn't mention it, but you know I thought it was irrelevant. But she she changed her scarf. She was wearing a um, a black scarf, and then she changed it to a red one after the employee meet. So neither of those details have been published from the police or anything. So it's speculated that the killer might be somebody that she works with, but. Nobody knows, because like I said, this is still an unsolved case.
0: Is there any updates on the case like have they run? uh, Do they have any DNA that they can go off of? Like because I,
1: I tried looking for updates. I saw a blogger post something. Um, It it had someone's name. I didn't mention it because I didn't want to start saying anything and, you know, accusing that this person did it or this or, you know, or he did or whatever. But, let me find it. Dang, I had it. He had mentioned that there was a possibility. I think his last name was Butler. I can't remember right now. i got to pull up that article. But there was a gentleman that he, the, the son, possibly think that it was some guy named Butler. I think his name was James Butler. He suspects that it was him. And there was a backstory towards his, it why he felt that way. But once again, this was a blogger. I don't know if it's accurate I don't know if it's uh, if it's true, I didn't mention it, but if you look it up and type in um, his name was Sean Scott, I just typed in Sean Scott and he mentioned that uh, there was a possible uh, okay. a, a suspect and I think his name was James Butler.
0: Oh, okay. OK.
1: Yeah, that's that's far as I got, man. That's still no update till this day uh, on that case. It's a cold case.
0: Mm, We have to keep an eye on that one or you got to keep an eye on that one to see if we can get an update because usually you know when other podcasts do uh, the the unsolved ones or stuff like that they like to give updates so you never know I mean with with a cold case like that from the I know they're knocking out a lot of these 70s and 80s cases that might fall Mm -hmm. fall into one that they're all they're actually looking at right now.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah I looked all over dude nothing nothing on the case as far as updates no suspects no nothing. And this is this and this was a pretty popular cold case too. a lot of people are 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 looking into this case. You know, I've seen a lot of I looked it up on YouTube. A lot of people are talking about it. Uh, A lot of people are uh, doing podcasts about it. So apparently this case is a is a a hot one. But what they're talking about,
0: there must be some movement. You know, it must
1: be some movement. But I didn't find Mike Butler. I'm sorry. That's the name. That's the possible suspect. Mike Butler.
0: Okay, well, yeah. this is this is homework for our listeners because if uh, these kind of cases, they they usually if they don't get cracked by genealogy or something, it's usually armchair detectives. So,
1: yeah, can- and that's who yeah. and that's who the uh, blogger thinks it was, Mike uh, Butler. So, like, that's why I say I didn't want to put his name out because it's not officially. It's just a blogger who believes it was him based on some statements I believe his son, her son had made or something like that, but. I didn't want to put it out there cuz that was, you know, another person's blocks. So,
0: yeah, exactly. And, and everyone's innocent until proven guilty, but it's clear that Mike is guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Wait, now how do you know? <laughs> I just I'm being an armchair detective
1: here. Guilty. <laughs> Throw away the key. Oh man. Uh <laughs> dude, like like I said, man, I don't know what happened when she went to the parking lot. There is nothing that describes what happened. And there's no surveillance footage or anything like that to show what happened. So what do you guys think occurred?
0: I think she was followed. And then a dude hung out till she the perfect timing, which was he was probably behind some bushes or behind another car. And he snuck up and tied her up, got her in the backseat of the car and threw those brights on and drove right past those people, you know, just. It was almost like the perfect crime for that period of time, you know, like you said, no surveillance cameras, uh not too many people out at the at night, so
2: yeah, at that time there's nobody in the parking lot,
1: yeah, it's eleven o'clock at night, yeah and it's the nineteen eighty, yeah, so
2: what Todd said
1: <laughs> yeah, what Todd said,
0: everything he said,
1: ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. I think I think he was just outside waiting, maybe behind a car or maybe behind some bushes. We don't know um, what the hospital looked like. Um, the hospital was UC Irvine Medical Center. It's probably changed. It's probably changed by now, but at the time, who knows what it looked like. Mm-hmm.
2: For all we know, he was already in her car.
1: Could be. Yeah, Could exactly. be. And this is why I say... Um, And this is why I say I'm not knocking karate. I'm not knocking anything, you know, as far as, uh, you know, karate or jujitsu or anything like that. I just felt like if she had something else on her person, possibly. I'm not saying it would have changed anything, but possibly it could have prevented a different outcome. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because who knows? She like like Gabby said, he probably you know, in, in karate, you have to be face to face to do some moves or at least have your arms able to, if they're behind you, be able to strike behind you or, you know, el- use your elbow. Who knows what happened to her? You know, maybe he snuck up behind her, grabbed her by the throat, put her in a headlock and threw her in the car, knocked her out unconscious and drove off.
2: Regardless, you know, like bless her efforts. But if he was her stalker, he knew what she was doing. He knew she was taking classes, so he knew which way to come at her.
1: He also knew that she was at the hospital. She knew that uh, Conrad had got bit by a spider because that's what the call said uh, about two weeks later, that, hey, I know all these things. I know she went home. I know he got bit by a spider. That's why I'm thinking he probably followed her.
0: It's definitely someone not not random. It's definitely someone yeah, in definitely. her life, whether it's co-worker, former uh, landlord you know something like that someone that has access to her comings and goings for sure
1: and by the way I forgot to mention uh, her husband was investigated um, but he had an airtight alibi he's way out in Missouri there was no way in the world he could have flown 2,000 miles murdered her and then fly back to Missouri in, in an hour unless he's Superman so yeah, he had right. an airtight alibi
0: someone someone wanted her dead very close to her Someone had some very deep animosity.
1: I'm thinking maybe, you know, somebody, you know, it's, it's, it's the 80s, late 70s. It's the hippie era is kind of out the way. Well, not kind of, it's out the way. But maybe somebody tried to get at her. And she, because she's so, you know, introvert, she kind of just passed them on nicely. It's like, hey, you know, passed on his advances. And maybe it pissed him off. It could be too. But-
2: I think, though, if that had been the case, then she would have had an idea who was stalking her. She could have given, like, the police, it could be this person, it could be that person, this is what happened. She had no clue. It was just a complete stranger calling her.
1: She thought she recognized the voice, uh, but she didn't know. I did, forgot to mention that. She thought she knew the voice, but she, you're right, she didn't know. I don't know. All I know is that um, it's still a cold case and she's still not finding uh, the victim. Um, I'm sorry. The suspect is still out there. Jeez. So if he's still out there, who knows? He might be dead, but regardless, they haven't found the uh, suspect.
0: He's got a 42 year uh, lead on the uh, case. Yeah.
1: So, wow, yeah, normally we talk about the suspects, you know, a bit of a backstory and stuff like that, the killers, but this time we've talked about the victims because, um, I just wanted to put it out there because a lot of people are looking into her case and giving their theories and their thoughts, and hopefully, They can still solve it. Yeah, yep,
0: that's a good case. I mean, definitely a different episode,
1: definitely a different episode definitely a different episode and i apologize for my tongue twistingness. <laughs> no, you're all good you're all good <laughs> but yeah so that is the case of dorothy jane scott all right so, so i hope you guys enjoyed that one and then i believe we're gonna put out another episode uh this sunday correct correct so that's three episodes this week it looks like we gotta do that man because we're getting we're gonna, we're gonna you know our fan base is growing. We appreciate you guys' love and support.
0: Absolutely, I think people have in up with our uh, with our catalog of episodes.
1: And then your and then your voice changing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I got to tune up my voice for this Sunday because I got if, if I do mine, man, I got a lot of different voices I got to use.
1: And then Gabby's seriousness with off of their wings. <laughs> oh yeah, she's already got the blade. She's sharpening
0: the blades as she tells the story. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, um, this guy right
1: here. Um.
2: <laughs> if I had access to the pedophiles, yeah,
1: <laughs> and my nonchalant trying to be the peacemaker, don't yeah. be so disrespectful. <laughs> You're always Mr. Good Cop, there's always got to be a good cop and a bad cop. Yep, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So, uh, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That is our episode for today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you want to listen to our old episodes or want to continue to listen to us, or if you binged a lot of our episodes, which a lot of our fans have done, we thank you. Um, Just go to our Podbean stream and uh, podcast streams, I'm sorry, and go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. Uh, For those listening to us outside of the US, go to Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Grinding True Crimes. And there you'll uh, hear live interaction from us. Well, not really live, but we will get back to you whenever we can. And it is us uh, doing it. Not We don't have any uh, writers or sponsors or anything like that. You're, you're, you're getting messages from either me, Todd, or Gabby. Exactly. So with all that being said, this has been your host and narrator, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox and
0: Gabby Dax.
1: And we're signing off.
0: Toodles. <laughs>
1: Peace. Hey, y'all come
0: back now here and then (laughs) catch some episodes of Oprah, I reckon. (laughs) Now, why are you going to disinfect Dr. Phil?